Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. My name is Tommy Jones, and this is my podcast. So let's take a few minutes, talk about life, and we will see where we end up. Welcome to Off the Cuff. I'm glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Tommy, and I'm your host. It is a pleasure to spend this time with you today. I'm once again coming to you from the closet uh, where I do some of my greatest work, I guess. Anyway, so we're coming back to a topic that we have been discussing in church and I discussed in the podcast uh, last week, and this is about having a kingdom mindset. Basically, what we're talking about is what does life look like for those who have been reborn as kingdom people. One of our core foundational beliefs as followers of Christ is that when we give our lives to Christ, that we're somehow changed. Uh, We're reborn. The old is gone. The new has come. And so as part of that new life, we should look different. And so again, the series we're doing inside of Grace Church right now is a series on this, and we're exploring how this looks in marriage, how it looks in singleness, how it looks in uh, parenting, how it looks in your finances. And so what I'm doing is just sort of uh, supplementing some of these ideas or expanding on some of these ideas through my podcast for the next few weeks, and I'm enjoying this. Matter of fact, last night I was laying in bed, and I couldn't wait to come in and share uh, some ideas with you this morning. I, w- I had planned on actually going fishing today. My original idea was to go fishing today. And instead of fishing, I'm sitting in a closet by myself, talking into a microphone alone in a very strange room because I was so excited to discuss this stuff. And so today what I want to talk about it as we think through this kingdom mindset, as we think through what it looks like to be kingdom people, I'm not even real sure how to title today. But basically, it's this. What does it look like? Remember, we talked about instead of having 72 different buckets in your life, what you have is one big bucket, and that bucket is God, or that bucket is kingdom, and everything's in that bucket. And so I just want to sort of talk through the idea of what if one of the things we placed in this God bucket was our willingness to listen to people who disagree with our passionate position. And maybe, are we open to, to growth? Are we open to new ideas? Are we allowing ourselves to have our mind changed? Are we allowing ourselves to listen to people who don't agree with us? And how do we approach those conversations? One of the things that I think about all the time is a passage from Romans, and I'm going to read it to you guys. And I've, I remember I don't have all these things memorized. I'm reading it from my Bible. Uh, but it says, it's in Romans chapter 5, verse 10. And it says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through his death of his son. That means, so we were enemies of God. Reconciled means to be brought together. There was a space between us and God, and we were brought together. And then it says this, We shall be saved by his life, meaning we've been brought back to God by the life of Christ. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received a ministry of reconciliation. So you and I, as kingdom people, have a ministry of bringing people together, of bringing two sides together who might not agree. And how do we do that? Are we open to doing that? Are we open to reconsidering our viewpoints? And this is an area for me where I am asking God to grow me because it is so difficult sometimes. 
And I'm not talking about our foundational views on Jesus Christ or, you know, that he was born of a virgin or, you know, that he died and saved the world from sins or that he resurrected. Those things are foundational. And in there, in those areas, I think we should be relatively close-minded. I mean, that's, that's the fact. That's the basis of what we believe. But outside of that, outside of some of these absolutely base foundational beliefs, how do we approach people who don't share our beliefs? Do we approach that as reconcilers? Do we approach those people with empathy and kindness? Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to find common ground with people so that there is a chance of sitting down and reconciling with someone who doesn't share our viewpoint? I think one of the things that would make us look most unusual in this world would be our willingness to release our camp mindset. And the camp mindset is, this is my team, this is my point, this is my belief, and everyone who is on the opposite of this is wrong or evil or whatever. Like, I think what looks unusual in this world is someone who struggles with their own beliefs, someone who listens to other voices, um, someone who cares about other people. That when I'm listening to someone who doesn't share my passionate, passionate position, I care about them. And they walk away from that conversation feeling loved. That would look unusual in this world. That's what a stranger or a foreigner in this world would look like. And then I think about, I'm not trying to just throw a bunch of Bible verses at you this morning, but I think about Exodus 34, when God describes himself in chapter 6, this is Exodus 34, 6. It says, he passed in front of Moses and he proclaimed the Lord. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Is that what people experience from you and I when we're in a discussion regarding a passionate position. One of the things I was thinking about, one of the things that, that I am rethinking is I've long had an idea about manhood, what it means to be a man. And I think part of this was things I was taught in church and part of this are things that, you know, maybe I got from my Western point of view and maybe part of this is what I got from watching movies like Rambo and, you know, whatever. So I grew up with this idea of a man that, that and maybe even from John Eldridge, Wild at Heart, which is a great book. And I think it's foundational for the church on so many people on, on our beliefs about what it means to be a man. But as I look at the world and I, and I think through these ideas of manhood, I wonder if we aren't creating an idea of manhood that excludes a lot of people. And again, we're just walking through this, but I wonder if one of the reasons why certain young men might question whether or not they're in the right body or whether or not they're really a man is because we've created an idea of manhood that just doesn't fit everyone. And so if someone doesn't check the boxes of, you know, I'm just throwing out, I like to hunt, I like to fish, um, even I've, I've got a woman to love, which was one of these ideas. If someone doesn't check those boxes, does their mind then go to, okay, well, I must not be a man because I don't fit in these categories. And perhaps we as the church have done some damage in this area. I mean, I think about somebody like King David. And it, guys, and I'm not, I don't have all the answers on this. And I'm not saying I'm right on this. I'm just saying it's an area where I'm, my mind is open to hear from some voices and some, and some ideas that aren't the ones I grew up with. And I think of King David. Let me go back to that. The Bible says that King David was a man after God's own heart. Okay, so he was a man. 
a man after God's own heart. What did King David look like? What are are some things that we know about his life? Well, we know that uh, he wrote poetry. We know that he enjoyed dancing. Um, We know that he enjoyed the companionship of men. Um, We know that he failed in some massive ways, right? If King David was at our manhood retreat, and he was dancing and singing and writing poetry and uh, enjoying the, the company of men, and would we be like, oh, this is a model of a man? Probably not. Probably not. Because our idea of manhood has been so shaped by our, our society. It hasn't necessarily been shaped biblically. It's been shaped culturally and geographically. I think about men in other countries. For men in other countries, in European countries, it's not uncommon to hold hands. How do we feel about that? Is that our idea of manhood? And so maybe we've created an idea of manhood that is excluding people instead of inviting them in and teaching them how to live as a man. I think there's some base ideas of manhood. I think I think men were, were created to be cultivators, and I think men were created to be creators, and I think men were created to be lovers, and men were created to be, you know, uh, warriors and all these different things. But gosh, how many different ways can those ideas manifest themselves? What if what a man creates with his hands isn't, you know, a rock wall? What if what he creates with his hands is paintings? or poetry, or hairstyles. I don't know. Is a man required to love a woman to be a man? I don't think so. I mean, again, we've talked about this this idea that there are two uh, God-honoring expressions of sexuality inside the kingdom of God, and one is single and celibate, and one is married in a male-female monogamous relationship. Well, gosh, how manly would it be? How heroic, how brave would it be for for a man who had uh, desires that ran counter that, to to decide to be single and celibate, to fight the good fight for God, to be a warrior in that area? Would Would that not be manly? Is that not in our definition of manhood? And so perhaps our definitions need to expand. And all this isn't to say that someone can just choose to be a man. We believe that God created men and that there are biological absolutes around who is a man and who is a woman. But maybe the expression of how we live out our manhood is a little different than we thought. And are we listening to people, to voices that have a different concept than us, whether it's manhood or womanhood or whatever? And I'm just going on all sorts of directions on this one, I know. But one of the other things that I think about is, you know, I've always grown up with certain views on abortion. And my core view on this is not probably going to change. I believe it's wrong. I'm I'm, I'm pro-life. I'm a fan of life. This is also why I'm against the death penalty. And we can talk about that one a different time because I know that opens up a whole other can of worms that I'm pro-life. I'm pro the life of the baby and I'm pro the life of the woman and I'm pro-life for people, that life would be sustained. But am I listening to the heart of the person on the other side? Am I willing to hear them? 
And again, this isn't about someone's views changing. This is about reconciling. And one of the things I've thought about recently, and and again, maybe this is just me, but I have an opinion on abortion and the life of the unborn child. And typically, someone on the other side of the aisle, and it seems to sort of break down like this, they, especially lately, have an opinion on gun control and the life of people. And what if I was willing to believe that they see uh, you know, automatic weapons the same way I see abortion? They see it as an instrument of death. And I see abortion as an instrument of death. And, and you know, what if, what if I begin to see that the way they see people who are being shot and killed is the way I see a, an unborn child who's aborted? What then if, if these two people who are on, you know, different sides of, a, of an idea, different sides of a concept, different sides of a, of a position, what if we could begin to find common ground? And our common ground is that we both value life. Our other common ground is that we both value freedom. And so suddenly now I have something in common with someone who I might have considered to be a a political adversary. Or I might have seen someone who didn't share my passionate position, but now yet I found common ground. Now can I reconcile with this person? Now can I sit with this person and talk? And can we hear each other's hearts? Are we open to that? Are we so scared of what they believe or their differences that we're unwilling to sit down? And part of me thinks as long as we stay this divided in the world, we'll never really accomplish anything together. And I, I'm not taking a, you know, I don't know. I just I th- think we have to be willing to try to hear the heart of the person on the other side to try to understand the base for their passionate position. Where do they come from? What have they been through? What have they experienced? I have a base for my passionate position, but can I hear them? And then can I find common ground? And again, it doesn't mean we're going to end up being best friends or holding hands and singing kumbaya around a campfire. Maybe not, but maybe some reconciliation happens between people. Think of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, gentleness, self-control. Are these present in me as I talk with someone who does not share my passionate position? Do Do I talk about subjects that are difficult? Always remembering that uh, forgiveness is available for everyone, that transformation is available for everyone, uh, that, that, you know, that these are all children of God, created in the image of God, who God deeply loves. Are these things present in my tone as I'm having conversations with people who do not share my passionate position on whatever the topic is? And it's again, it's not that you change your mind on everything. It's that we change the way we approach people who don't share our mind. Are we there in that? And maybe our minds do change on some things. I mean, again, my my mind is changing around this concept of manhood and womanhood. And I think there are base understandings of what a man is and what a woman is. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying maybe we've closed the door to the point where if you didn't play with trucks, then you weren't a man. And if you didn't play with dolls, then you weren't a woman. And so we've told people... You know, if you don't do this or this, then, then you're not a man or a woman. What I'm saying is maybe we've been part of the problem. And again, uh, so many of our ideas, they're not biblical, they're just Western. And so am I willing to love 
people who don't share my passionate position? Am I willing to try to find common ground? God is compassionate, slow to anger, full of mercy. Is that what people get from me when I'm having a conversation? And guys, let me tell you, both sides are so guilty of this. Both sides are so guilty of refusing to listen to the person on the other side. And this is not, my mind is never going to, I don't think it's going to change on some core issues. But how do I make the person on the other side feel loved and listened to and valued? Are we so bound to our political affiliation or our, you know, our, our patriotism that we can't hear another human? And if so, that's a problem. That's not a kingdom mindset. It's not a kingdom mindset at all. Man, Jesus, I, I just, I, I love the chosen. Uh, I love the chosen's, um, the, way they, the way they demonstrate Jesus, the way he listens, the way like he lets uh, his, his close friends work through ideas that they're wrong about. You know, you'll have some idea that you're wrong about and, and Jesus will ask some questions which will kind of draw you into the right area. I don't think God is okay with our sin. He's not. God hates sin. God hates sin. He died. Jesus died on the cross to save us from sin. But I think God is patient as we work through some things, especially if we're earnestly trying to seek God. And I believe mainly, maybe, that people on multiple sides of an issue can both be earnestly trying to seek God. And the first thing you and I say is, well, how can you possibly be earnestly trying to seek God if this is your take on something? Unless I listen to them, how will I ever know? I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know their heart especially if I cut them off the, at the first moment they start. To, can you imagine if when I begin to pray to God, I would go to God and say, God, I'm really struggling with something. Shh, that's it. You're wrong. What? Well, I hadn't even told you what I'm struggling with. I haven't even explained my heart to you. I haven't even shared my heart with you, God. No, you're wrong. Here's what you do. This is what you must do. This is your only option. I don't want to hear anything. The whole cast your burdens on me thing. I was kidding about that. It's, is that how your conversations with God go? God has a motive and an agenda, and God is right and righteous, and uh, we should fear him. And there are times when his commands are so clear, but there are also times when God is allowing us to work through something as we earnestly seek him, and he's patient with us. He's kind. He's peaceful. He's generous. This is just one where I want to grow. I want to get better. I I want to hold my beliefs. I want to hold truth as as sacred and precious. And I believe there is sacred and precious truth. But I want to love the person who doesn't share that. I want to love them. I want to love them. I want them to come and talk to me. I want to be someone who, who, someone who's different than me, feels like they can approach, that that I feel safe. I want to be someone who, you know, someone who's made a decision that that I disagree with fundamentally and foundationally that I disagree. I want that person to feel safe coming to me to to experience, you know, to to help find forgiveness and to help find mercy from God and to help put the pieces of life back together. I want to be that person. That's who God's been for me. God has been this person that that in so many times in my life when I've failed so miserably and I'm so broken and I'm so hurting and I know God stood on the complete opposite side of the choice I made, yet I was able to go to him. And when I went to him, I found compassion. 
and I found kindness and I found mercy. And I'm just afraid we say so many things in social media and, and just we're so dogmatic on so many things that we, we make it almost impossible for the person on the other side of the issue to ever come to us to work through their struggles. What would it look like for you today to have a kingdom mindset, to be open to growth, to be open to hearing the other side. I'm not saying release your passionate position. I'm saying be as equally passionate about the person on the other side. What would that look like? And I am so far from perfect on this. And if you know me well and you're listening, you're like, dude, you like to argue about everything. I do. I've argued about so many stupid things. I've got to get better about that. I repent. I'm repenting right now on this podcast. I'm repenting of my inability to shut my mouth and listen to someone who does not share my point of view. To hear them. To hear them. Doesn't it feel good to be heard? Doesn't it feel good to be, to be acknowledged that, hey, you and I may disagree, but wow, I value your opinion. You know why? Because I value you. I value you as a human. And why do I value you as a human? Because the king of my world told me to go and love them as he has loved me. And again, how can I ever introduce someone to Jesus if I cut them off the minute they say something I object to? How can I gain any proximity? How can I just think, but Jesus walked around all the time and, and he was morally distant from everyone that he hung out with because his moral compass was so much higher than anyone else's and he was right on everything. Jesus was literally right on everything. Every idea he had, every position, every concept, every, he was always right. And yet he had proximity with people that he disagreed with morally. But he brought them in close for the purpose of loving them and transforming them and, and allowing them to experience restoration and kindness. And I just, I, I have not done a great job of that. Maybe you have. Maybe you're listening to this going, dang, I'm really good at this, Tommy. I doubt it, but maybe. Um, I don't know. We should love people. We've got it. We've got to. We've got to find ways to open our minds. Again, it's not. I'm not saying you have to let go of truth. Please hear me. It's not. It's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying we just walk around going, you know, um, everybody's right. You're right. I'm right. Everybody's right. You're okay. I'm okay. Everybody's okay. That's not. That's not help helpful either. I mean, there's. Someone's walking towards a cliff and you, you got to love them by staring them away from it. But you got to gain that proximity to people. You have to be the kind of person somebody wants to talk to. How is God speaking to you about that topic right now? We're kingdom people. We look different than the world. How does that look in your life today? Love you guys. And I will talk to you soon. Uh, man, I'd love to hear from you on this one feel free to shoot me an email, tommy at thegracechurch.net. See you guys soon. Jones out.